0: I love our youth staff. They're, they're great. Sam just celebrated a birthday. Matt Hempel wears short sleeve shirts in the winter. And uh, we have a youth director whose name is literally Chris Moss. Christmas. as I love it. Uh, God is good to us, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to ask if there are any children here fifth grade and younger if you would be willing to come forward up here I'm not going to embarrass you nothing nothing bad's going to happen nothing like that but uh if you would just come forward up here with me I have a couple of things I want to share with you this is a, a family service and so love for you to come forward I want to share a couple of things with you and pray over you and uh we if if you can come now I can't tell if there are any of those glare right in my eyes yeah oh, there's one yeah this is, so it's New Year's Day, and people were up late last night. So we didn't think there would be tons and tons of kids, but we are so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Glad you're here. Hey, here in just a little, good one, good pounders. Um, here in just a little bit, we're, we're going to be going through Luke chapter 2. And in Luke chapter 2, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff. You're going to hear some names. Hey, thanks for coming, kiddo. Um, you're going to hear a story that that involves Jesus and him being dedicated. You're going to hear a word called purification. And I want you, in the sermon today, I want you to try to figure out what do they mean by purification. Also, you're going to hear some names. You're going to hear Joseph and Mary and Jesus. So try to figure out what what they're doing in the story. And then you're going to hear a name Simeon and Anna. And I want you, again, to think about Who are they in this story, and what does it all mean? And one of the things you're going to see is that because there was this young Jesus, this baby Jesus, in the temple, people celebrated. You know why? Because Jesus brought life. And in a way, Jesus is bringing life even here today. And so uh, in just a few minutes, I'm going to pray for you, moments I'm going to pray for you. And when you go back, I'm going to ask you to just if you would just reach out and give them a high five because I'll tell you, we are so thankful that you're here and we think that God has a plan for you and you have a place and we want to celebrate that too. Does that make sense? Awesome. Hey, church, would you uh, pray with me as we pray over these kids? Here, come on in. A little bit closer, a little bit closer. We can, yeah, there we go. Let me just pray over you. Lord, I thank you for these kiddos and I ask that you would bless them. That you would fill them with your spirit, that you would encourage them today. We are so thankful for their presence here. And we know that last night, for many families, uh, they were up late celebrating and thinking about the new year and anticipating the new year. And as we come together anticipating this new year, we ask that you would be glorified and lifted up. We are thankful for these kiddos and we celebrate them, Lord. Uh, as we celebrate you and the life that you have given us. And it's in Jesus Christ precious and holy, holy, holy name we pray. Amen. Give me a five fives here. You got it? You got it? You, you, yeah. Oh, you're really good. There you go. Hey, would you give them a high five as they go back to their seats? Go ahead, kiddos. Thank you. We love you. Thank you Paul.
1: Well, good morning. For those you don't know, my name wait, is... Wait, wait,
0: hold on. Jason, sorry. Oh, yeah. There you go. All right, go ahead.
1: That is what I needed. Thank <laughs> you. Um, my name is Pastor Jason, and uh, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2 this morning. And we're going to do a little bit of a responsive reading. So uh, we'd love for you to participate in the reading of God's Word this morning. So I'm going to invite you, if you're able, to stand as we read together. And um, as you can see on the screen... Um, your portion that, that you will read out loud is in the bold. And so I'll read a little bit, um, and then you'll read in the bold, and I'll continue to read, and, and we'll go on. And um, we'll be reading Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to 38. And so um, you can follow along on that screen there so you know when you'll be reading. Uh, and this is the word of the Lord. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb and when the time came for their purification according to the law of moses they brought him up to jerusalem to present him to the lord every male firstborn shall be called holy to the lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the lord It's the word of the Lord this morning. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you that you have made yourself known to us. Holy Spirit, we praise you that you give us insight and illumination to understand these words and not just on the surface level, but to understand what they mean for our salvation and for our souls. We pray that we would feed and feast off of them this morning as Pastor Kenny shares with us the words that you have given him. We thank you, and we love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Jason. Well, uh, last year, about this time, my family uh, began to use the Lord's Prayer as a regular model and rhythm in our home um, because we recognize that oftentimes... um, We So, I should back up. We have seven kids. And we realized that some of the things that we did with the the front half of our children, uh, we assumed the younger half uh, also were a part of that. That was not always the case. Uh, So, we recognized with the Lord's Prayer that was one of those things that we wanted to make sure that They also got the fullness of God's word and the Lord's prayer, (coughs) excuse me, is one of those things uh, that we wanted to make sure that the kids got, that they would regularly be praying as the Lord has commanded his disciples to do. And so we thought that was great. I bring that up today because that prayer actually does impact us today. And so with you, where you're at, uh, I would like to go through the Lord's prayer. I learned it in the King James Version, which means trespasses, not debts. Okay? So as we're going through that together, you can uh, put trespasses in there. But if you would, say with me the Lord's Prayer Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Good job. Good job. Well, uh, it's an interesting thing, that prayer. For many reasons, one of them is this phrase. On earth as it is in heaven. You ever wrestled with that phrase? On earth as it is in heaven. It's an interesting thing that Jesus would say that. Would ask his disciples that as you pray, make sure you pray this way. And he reminds them, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. Because again, we're going to put some context on the page before we jump into this passage in a little more detail. On earth as it is in heaven. Well, if we remember that in the beginning, Adam and Eve walked with God. Uh, They were together. There was no difference on earth as it is in heaven. They dwelt together. It was in a place called Eden, right? The Garden of Eden. That's, That's where they were. But there was a moment. Though everything was pure, everything was holy, everything was good, there was a moment when Adam and Eve decided it wasn't enough to be with God, they wanted to be like God. And so they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in doing so, they, they bring some impurity onto earth and there is a separation. And this impurity spreads, this impurity is called sin and death. And sin and death spreads all over the world and impacts everyone and everything. Sin and death. And there is a separation between God because God's kingdom is a kingdom of life, not a kingdom of sin and death. And so there is a separation. And so God wants a light to the world. And so he separates a group of people, Israel. And Israel is a light, a beacon that reminds people of this God of heaven who is calling people to himself, a holy God who is wanting to chase away the impurities and that there would be holiness and good and life in that place. But to do that, he has to chase away the impurities. And we're an imperfect people and the nation of Israel was no different. And so despite this on earth, as it is in heaven mentality, there was sin. And so God made a way to deal with the impurities of sin, the impurities not just of spiritual but also physical. And so sacrifices were implemented, and to us that that may sound, ugh, sacrifices, that's That's weird. It's different. I recognize that. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of looking at things. But that was God's plan and his way of preparing a group of people to remind them on earth as it is in heaven that there is this impurity that needs to go and a purity that needs to occur. And that purity is given to us and invoked by God himself through specific means. And one of those means was through these sacrifices. And one of the things that they would do in these sacrifices is take the blood of this animal and they would put it on these instruments within the temple. And you may go, well, wait a minute, how, how does that? clean things well again it's a different way of thinking we recognize that but blood throughout the scripture represents life and so in a way what they're doing is they they are taking things that have been contaminated with sin and death and they are putting life on those things because on on earth as it is in heaven heaven is a place of purity of holiness of life And God wants that for people, not just Israel, but for all people. And so he sets a plan in place. And he puts that plan in place through these sacrifices and through this life-giving blood. And he is going to be the one who ultimately fulfills that. In word and in deed, Israel is there to be a light to the nations, to show them, to remind them of this God of heaven who loves them and is calling them to himself, but he has a standard, and that standard is absolute purity and holiness, and he's calling them to that, but he's also willing to provide. He could have wiped everyone out. Whoops, they are a mess, my bad, (laughs) but he doesn't do it that way. He says, they are a mess. But my good will fix this. And so he comes in the flesh. He, it's anticipated through prophecies. It's anticipated through the actions in the temple that represent heaven on earth as it is in heaven. And so we are going to go to <clears throat> Jerusalem as Jesus is eight days old. And we're going to watch what happens in the temple And we're going to try to understand from this perspective of holiness and purity and God's plan of redemption. So consider that as we jump in to this passage and and look at it. In verse 21, we see that Jesus is circumcised and named. Now, that's an interesting piece. Uh, It's interesting for a variety of reasons. One of those reasons is this, that the Talmud, uh, which is a Jewish source, an ancient Jewish source, teaches that parents get a prophetic word when they're naming their children. According to the Talmud, an angel comes and whispers the name uh, that the child will embody. an interesting thought, because that's exactly what happens with Joseph and Mary, not just in a figurative sort of way, but in a very real way, that an angel delivers the name that they are to call their son. In a prophetic message, a name given by God, we see this name given to this child, Jesus. And what does Jesus mean? Well, Jesus means that Yahweh saves. His name is Yeshua Yahweh saves. Jesus, Jehovah saves. And we see that this salvation is coming from God himself as a reminder, starting in verse 21. The circumcision that takes place here is a reminder not just of a nation that is separated and set apart, but that this child is separated and set apart as well. That uh, as, as we would understand Exodus Uh, 13, that the firstborn belongs to uh, God himself, and that there is to be a uh, circumcision on the eighth day, according to Leviticus 12. And so Jesus is fulfilling the law. He is doing exactly what he is supposed to do. And so what what is happening is this, on earth as it is in heaven that purity is entering the world and is spreading now. Just like sin entered the world and spread and took over, now this on earth as it is in heaven mentality, this purity, this holiness, this goodness, this life, is now there and is starting to take over and is affirmed in the very law of God And so let's consider that as we start to look into verses 22 through 24. Jesus is presented at the temple. Jesus is presented. This was what the law required, and that's exactly what Jesus did, what the law required. Even his family does what the law requires at this time. Well, also in Leviticus 12, we find out that there is A plan for purification. That for women, when they have a child, there is a season where they need to be separated and and apart. Not because women are bad who have children. That's not at all it. But there are some physical things that occur to a female body when they have children. And so a time of separation uh, was needed. At the end of that time, there was an opportunity for purification, that was a a rite. It was a ritual. It was something that they did specifically, and they did it uh, so that everyone knew that they were pure on earth as it is in heaven. Just as in heaven, everyone who is in the presence of God is pure, that also needs to be true here on earth. And the rites of purification uh, help us as a people Uh, We see from the Bible, from the biblical standpoint. As a people, they would understand, okay, this person has done everything that they need to do to be pure, to be be not contagious. (laughs) Just like sin and death is contagious, so is this. They're pure. They're made right before the Lord. And there's a series of things that need to occur. One of the things that we see in this passage is that Jesus is accepted. He's embraced in the temple. His dedication uh, is received. Jesus is exactly who he is supposed to be as an eight-day-old eight day child. But more than that, he's the anticipated one, as we'll see in just a few moments. Mary's sacrifice is an interesting sacrifice, though. And it is certainly worth noting that in this sacrifice, uh, she doesn't bring a lamb, which is the initial, uh, uh, the initial request from Le- Leviticus. That she's supposed to bring a lamb. But if she's poor, well, you, you can do other things. You can bring this turtle dove. Uh, that's fine. But that's for poor people. And again, Luke in his writing wants us to know something. And one of the things that he's showing is that in and of ourselves, (laughs) we are poor. Uh, Our best sacrifice is is the the bottom rung. But what is Mary bringing? Mary is actually doing two things at once in this uh, dedication, which is somewhat confusing. She's dedicating her child. She's also going through the ritual of purification, But she does bring the Lamb. She brings the very Lamb of God. Let's let's look at this passage one more time. Uh, Verse twenty-two through twenty-four. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Jesus Jesus they're referring to. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. So again, uh, Jesus is the first child of Mary, and so he is being dedicated specifically to the Lord. This is a rite. This is a ritual. This is a a reminder of on earth as it is in heaven and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Her sacrifice in this is a reminder that they, they are poor. Leviticus says that the the real offering is a lamb. What do we know of Jesus? Jesus is the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Mary is bringing the lamb in that place. This option of purity is absolute and clear from a biblical narrative as it's woven. Mary is bringing what she can, but she's really bringing the lamb of God The sacrifice that is for all. The sacrifice that is good. And so we see from here uh, that Jesus is presented. As he's presented, some things occur. Remembering that the temple represents heaven, right? Are you with me so far? The temple represents heaven, Uh, We see that throughout the scriptures. The way that the temple is constructed is supposed to be reflective of heaven. We're reminded of that in Revelation, that the temple represents this relationship uh, in heaven. And so there is this symbolic gesture that the very Lamb of God is in the presence of God the way that it's supposed to be. Whoops, And so we move on to verse 25 through 35, and this is an interesting place where Simeon shows up. Shime- Simeon represents faith, and he stands in contrast to Adam. You say, well, well why is that? Well, uh, in, this, in this case, where Jesus is presented in the temple that reminds us of heaven on earth as it is in heaven, We're reminded of the first time that this occurred, and there was a separation right with Adam. He chose to walk not in faith, but in fear. When Adam walks in, (coughs) excuse me, when Adam walks in fear and not faith, there is a separation. But here, Simeon is going to stand in faith, and he's going to stand in stark contrast to Adam. Adam brings the other kingdom, sin and death. Simeon is literally going to hold life in his hands as Jesus is being presented. Simeon was, uh, has the Spirit upon him. The Spirit reveals to him. And Simeon was in the Spirit, again in stark contrast to Adam, who chose to walk in the flesh, who brings sin and death into the world. Simeon blesses God by confirming God's plan in Jesus. Revealed by the Spirit, Simeon begins to speak, and what he begins to speak is that this salvation is given by. Uh, by God, and it is Jesus. The salvation is not a thing, it's not a stuff, it's not something that we get, it's a person, and the person is Jesus. And Simeon identifies that, not just that, but he identifies that Jesus is the light for revelation, that Gentiles will see this salvation through this eight-day-old Jesus, who is from eternity. Jesus is also the glory. Oh, thank you so much, Tammy. Appreciate it. Jesus is also uh, for the glory of Israel. Uh, glory is a word that means weight. It, it's like a, it's an understanding of value. Jesus is a value or gives value to Israel because of the salvation, the fulfillment of the scriptures. He also identifies rightly that Jesus will cause rise, fall, thoughts to be revealed, and even a broadsword will pierce Mary's soul. I think sometimes when we talk about uh, salvation, when we come together as a church, we often focus on the good things, and that's important. But let's not forget that Jesus sometimes causes division. Not because Jesus is divisive, but because people have to choose. Do I choose salvation? Do I choose this Jesus? Am I willing to follow him or not? And if I'm not willing to follow him, that sometimes causes a division, sometimes even within our homes. A fall and a rise. Thoughts or motivations to be revealed. Simeon represents the way Adam was supposed to be. The way it should have been in the beginning, but wasn't. Simeon reminds us on earth as it is in heaven that we too celebrate this Jesus, that we too embrace him and offer him because Jesus purifies all who offer him to the Lord. And so we keep looking uh, at this greater passage and then also recognize that Jesus is confirmed by women as well. It's not just Men. It's also women, and in this setting, in this setting, in um, uh, we see something unique take place. Let me pull this up just real quick. In verse thirty-six, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and scoot over to verse thirty-six, and there was a prophetess, Anna. Uh, First of all, that that's not that's not super common. We don't see this phrase prophetess very often in scripture. And actually, one of the other times we see it, it's a very negative thing. So the unique piece that Anna is representing this place of prophetess, this person who is willing to speak by God, stands in stark contrast of Eve, who did what? Who ran away from God. She didn't speak in faith, she spoke in fear. Not God's words, but uh, she messes up God's word. Uh, Eve messes up God's word. But Anna speaks God's word. That's what a prophet does, a prophetess does. They speak God's word, and she doesn't depart from the temple. What did Eve do? She, she departs from the presence of God. Anna does not depart from the presence of God. And so she thanks God for Jesus, Speaking in faith, she thanks God for Jesus. Additionally, she speaks to all who are waiting. I love this. If you drop down to uh, verse uh, 37 and 38, and then as a widow, until she was... 84, she did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. She's telling everybody about Jesus. Anybody who's around her, she's telling them about Jesus. Uh, She spoke to all who were waiting for this. Won't it be great When salvation comes to Israel, and Anna goes, yeah, let me tell you about him. He has come. Here he is. His name is Jesus. He is the Redeemer, and we're reminded of that. So we see it in the law, that the law confirms who Jesus is. We see it, uh, the redemption in men, uh, that Simeon represents the way it was supposed to be, that Anna represents the way it was supposed to be, that Uh, that it's confirmed both in men and women. In other words, Jesus is for everybody. He completely fulfills the law of Israel. It's extended to the world, the Gentile world as well. On earth, as it is in heaven. That now we have the ability to have a right relationship with God. And, very honestly and frankly, there are some things that we do even today in churches that remind us of this purity that has been given to us by the work of Christ. One of those is baptism. One of those is baptism. We are reminded that we are, uh, that we are dead to sin and death and that we rise up in baptism alive in Christ. It's a ritual that we perform. It's not a dead practice, but a living ritual that we're reminded of what God has done. And very frankly, we're commanded to do by Jesus himself. So I would encourage you, if your next step of faith is to be baptized, that you would, uh, that you would consider the next time we have baptism in February to sign up for that. We'd, we'd love for that. Another ritual that we're commanded by Christ to uh, practice is communion. And so weekly, we gather together and we remember the body that was broken and the blood that was shed that we could have life. That we could have life because life is extended to followers on earth as it is in heaven. And so we practice this regularly. And as we begin to prepare our hearts, uh, I want to challenge us to just walk through a few things. What do we do with the information we got from Luke chapter 2 today? Well, first of all, we give, uh, we give Jesus as our offering. Just like Mary comes in and gives Jesus as her offering, just like Simeon brings up Jesus into his arms and gives thanks, just like Anna gives thanks for this Jesus, we too offer Jesus because we have nothing else. Our good works are not that good. Our uh, abilities are not that great. All we really have to offer the Father is Jesus, and we see that in this passage. Additionally, we bless God because of his salvation. As we look back at 2022 and look ahead to 2023, let me remind us that the first thing on our lips should be that God has saved us. What are we thankful for for the last year? Yeah, we're thankful for family, we're thankful for friends, we're thankful for God's provision, but ultimately it's that provision at the cross, and we see that practiced in the temple, on earth as it is in heaven. And we give thanks to God for his redemption, a reminder that consistently we're to give thanks to God, uh, specifically for the redemption that he's given in Christ Jesus. As we prepare our hearts for communion and as the worship team comes forward, I wanna encourage us to take a little bit of time, just before the Lord, some quiet time at the beginning of this new year, and, and ask some perhaps even some difficult questions. Am I living a life on earth as it is in heaven? Am I allowing God to purify me? Am I offering Jesus? Am I giving thanks for Jesus? Am I celebrating his redemption? Take some time just quietly before the Lord to do that. And you may catch yourself going, you know what? That's not been true in my heart. Okay? If that is the case, then that is some impurity, right? It's called sin in the Bible. And that sin, Jesus takes care of, but he calls us to repent. And repentance is going in one direction, being convinced That that's the wrong direction, and going towards God. And as we turn and go towards God, as we turn and go towards God, we are reminded uh, uh, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. At Friendship Church, we practice communion uh, by coming down the carpeted areas and going to the station nearest us, getting both elements, and returning to our seats. And as we return. If you would be willing to wait until uh, the end of the next song and we'll all participate together. Would you join me as we pray? Lord, we do love you and we thank you and praise you. We ask, oh Lord, that you would be exalted and that you would be lifted up. We thank you, Lord, for the fact that you came in the flesh on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, that we have the opportunity, the privilege, and the honor to celebrate you. And so even today, as we practice communion, as we practice your presence, as we repent of sin, as we celebrate your salvation, that you would, in a very real way, Lord, just give us, uh, give us an ability today to celebrate you. love you, to dedicate ourselves to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.